Father, we thank you and praise you that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of you. That you have revealed yourself, you revealed your ways to us. And so that, 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 that as we follow that, Lord, we, we know that we have what we need and that you are a God not of disorder, but of order. God, you're not a God of, 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 of chaos, but you are a God who has, has structured things for your glory and for our good. And we know that that is true of the church as well. Lord, you have gifted the church with, with all types of people and all types of giftings to be able to, to build up and edify your body. And we thank you that one of those is gifted leadership, Lord, that's gifts to the church. And Father, thank you how each of us in here, every one of us, we have been blessed by those that, that, that you have brought into our lives at different stages in our Christian life of those who <clears throat> provided leadership of teaching us your word. And, and, and so we just pray that you would help us to understand this, help us as a church to, to be able to be grounded in this, that we would desire to do things in a way ordered according to your good purposes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so we've been discussing the church, and we've, it's really rooted in this idea, right, that the church is a people, it's not a place. And we've been talking about what is it about these people, and that's this idea that, 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 that I termed, and what we, we term at this church membership, is that it's not just any people, it's these people that have made a, a real formal or covenantal relationship with one another. And we saw that it's in, not, it, 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 where does the authority reside in the church? And we see that God has gifted his people with authority. And we say that there is an aspect of authority that's given to every believer. Every believer is a priest and a priest king of the kingdom, right? That, that, that every believer has an authority over the what of the gospel. That when the New Testament speaks about who is responsible to guard and to proclaim and to know the what of the gospel? There is not a dichotomy. There's not a separation of, well, the priests and the pastors, they know the gospel. We trust that they know the gospel and we're just here. No, that every believer is supposed to know the gospel. There's no second-handers, right? That's why in our church that we, in part of our membership interview, we say, tell us the gospel. You don't have to be perfect. We're not like grading you up 87%. You got to be a 90, right? But you, is it that there's an aspect of knowing the gospel. It, it, whose responsibility is it to proclaim the gospel? It's every member, right? Who's supposed to guard the gospel? Again, it's not just, oh, I hope the, the, the pastors that they know when there's heresy and we don't have to worry about that. No, it's, it's every member is called to guard the gospel. There's an authority over the what of the gospel for every member to the whole congregation, as well as the who of the gospel. Who is responsible to minister to the body of Christ. It's not just the elders, not just the deacons, it's not just the pastors. It's an every member authority, an every member responsibility to know the who of the gospel. Who are we committed to? Who are we called to, 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 to care for? And also to, to actually then, yeah, care for them and, and bring to maturity that you care for them and they care for you. And this is one another aspect in the New Testament. And so we see that there's this authority given for ministry to every member. And so we're left with that question several weeks ago of, well, if every church member has this authority as priest kings, then why is, why, what is this thing about God-ordained leadership? And you see, you can go one way or the other. There, there's, there's, there's Christian traditions that so emphasize that every member of the congregational authority that they de-emphasize uh, the God-given leadership. And there's other traditions that so emphasize God-given leadership that they almost turn the congregation into second-handers. They're just here to come and listen to us. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not an either-or, right? Scripture presents it as a both-and. Sometimes there's questions of how theologically and practically you put those two together. But 
we have to start first saying, what does Scripture say? And then how does Scripture start to put those together? And that's what we're going to really start to see as we dive into this this morning. Any questions? That's where we've been. That's kind of where we're headed. Any questions there? All right, let's keep going. Let's talk about, uh, in the next couple of weeks, the biblical offices of the church. We're going to look at elders, overseers, pastors, and then we're going to look at deacons, deacons, deaconesses. Uh, but, but to start with, we're going to look at this, this idea of elders, overseers, pastors. Greg started us on our discussion last week in 1 Timothy 3. I thought that was very helpful. I think there is some incompletion there, and we're, I'm going to, I'm going to, gently correct hopefully a couple things. I think that weren't wrong, but maybe we're not the full picture of what's there. Um, so I, I want to back up a little bit. Let's look at 1 Timothy 3. And, and he, what he said was right, but I want to spend a little more time on it, is that there are various titles for a single office. And if you get this wrong, it affects your whole interpretation of these passages and it really affects your view of the church. This is incredible, import, incredibly important theologically and also practically in the church. And Greg was right theologically. He hit this. And yet, he, he, as you notice in his application, he kept applying it to pastors. Right? He says, yes, it's all one office, but he only applied it to pastors. And I think that was where I'd, that's one of the corrections I'd have is he's theologically right but, but not letting that overflow into how we really see the rest of the passages, that they, there are various titles, three titles, overseer, elder, and pastor, that refer to one single office. One single office. So let's look at those three titles. Let's look at what they mean and how they're used and really how they really are overlapping in the New Testament. So you don't have to take my word for it or, or, or you know, Greg last week or anyone, oh yeah, they're all the same thing. Let's see that in scripture, Right? Let's, let's make sure this is what scripture actually says. That's why, why, why we're here at Sunday school. So let's look at overseers. First um, Timothy 3 is about overseers. It does not use the word pastor. It does not use the word elder. It's using the word overseer. Now we're going to see it, it's the same office, but this is the term that Paul uses. Uh, some of you, does anyone have, I think maybe it's King James, have bishop? Some translations have bishop. Do you have King James? Is it King James you have? Okay, yeah. So, so King James would say bishop, overseer, same word, right? Bishop, overseer, same word. Um, when it says, if anyone aspires to the office of overseer or bishop, and we see this was used within the early church. There's early Christian inscriptions that talk about this as the title for church leaders. Um, and this term really talks about the care, the idea of oversight, right? Overseer, oversight, care and oversight over the church, which really relates to later qualifications, right? Look at verse four and five. Oversight, how's oversight, how's that idea of overseers and oversight played out in this qualifications in verses four and five? How's that related? So, so there's this title of overseers, which is, and, and so we want to be careful just saying, okay, well, just because it says overseer, and if you break down the word, both in English and in Greek, it, it has this, it can, it can mean this term of oversight, but we always say, be careful of words and, and that words can have a multiple of meaning. So is that the meaning, is that part of the meaning here? And I would say yes, because look at verses four and five. Part of the character qualifications for an overseer is that they would what? Manage, Manage well. Yeah. Oversight, right? So it's not reading into the word. 
right? You always have to be careful. Someone say, the Greek word means this, and so I'm going to interpret the passage this way. Maybe, maybe not. Is it in the context? Always got to ask, is it in the context, right? So, and we see that is in the context. There's this idea of managing, of oversight. Um, now, here's what's interesting, though. If you're in 1 Timothy 1, or uh, 3, turn over to 1 Timothy 5, because we know that the leaders in the church here in Ephesus are called, he's calling them overseers. But now look at 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the, what? Elders who rule well be considered worthy of double. Wait a minute. I did not see elders in chapter 3. There's overseers and there's deacons. Where's the elders? Paul forgot something. But we're, we're seeing it that there's even an overlap because what are the elders doing in 1 Timothy 5, 17? Ruling. Ruling. Oversight. Manage. Rule. All within that same, what do you call it, the, the, the fancy word, semant- semantic domain. All with similar descriptions here, right? There's this overlap. There seems to be some sort of overlap between these overseers and, and, and elders. But then that's kind of circumstantial evidence. But now let's tie it more. Um, um, we're going to go back, going back there periodically so you can keep your finger there if you want or a piece of paper. But let's go back to Acts 20. We're going to be hitting these passages over and over and over again because these are the passages that, that Scripture talks about leaders. So if you're looking at 1 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 5, Titus 1, uh, Acts 20, those are the major passages that, that deal with these subjects. And so we'll spend a lot of time in them this week and next week. But if you look at Acts chapter 20, we'll start at verse 17. Now for Miletus, he, Paul, sent to Ephesus, which is actually where 1 Timothy is likely written, uh, and he called the what? Elders. So again, we see that the, the, there's these elders, these leaders of the church are called elders to come to him, right? Um, now, that's interesting. So we see that there are elders in this, is, it, there are these elders as leaders in the church of Ephesus, right? But now look at verses 20, look at verse 28. Paul's giving them instructions, final instructions. He doesn't think he's going to see them again. In verse 28, um, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Overseers. Same word yeah. as 1 Timothy 3. Okay. Elders are those who God has made to be overseers. overseers. Right? So we're seeing this overlap of terminology that according to Paul, that the, the elders are overseers. Overseers are, are elders. Right? We're going to get there. Yes. Yes. And, but notice, put a pin in there because notice that it's... it's um, who's made you overseers to care or to shepherd, or let me give you a hint where we're going. That word is to pastor. Yeah. That's that word, to pastor the church of God. Um, And so that's that's where we're going as well. We're going to see that overlap. But the idea here is we're seeing overseers are, elders are overseers and overseers are elders. Now turn over to Titus 1. This is another one of the passages that really deals with this. We're going to do a lot between Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3 because they're parallel passages, so they help us interpret one another because they're, they're from the same author, Holy Spirit author, real author, or human author, talking about the exact same subject in the exact same way. So very helpful for us. Um, but Titus 1, this is, I mean, if, 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 you're not, if, if I wasn't convinced so far, this is just grammatically, just, this is just it. Titus 1 verse 5. 
This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put into uh, put remain into order. He says supposed to. It's already a church. It's already a gospel church, a biblical church, but it needs to be ordered more biblically to appoint elders in every town. So he's going to talk about that he needs to appoint elders. He's talking about qualifications for those elders in the next verses. And then look at verse seven. He's saying, here's the reason they need those qualifications for an overseer or a bishop. Well, wait a minute. Paul is just confused here. He's not, what is he talking? He's now is in the same context. He says, appoint elders. Here's what the elders character needs to be because here is what the reason why and now he's not calling them elders, he's calling them overseers. Same office. Right? You guys see that? Elders are overseers, overseers are elders in, in the text. They're just as, they're, so, Paul uses them interchangeably, yes. Bishop is the same word. As overseer. Same word as overseer. Yes, same word translated different, uh, by different translations. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the exact same translation, or it's the exact same word, Greek word. So, yeah. So, the pastor then is... We're getting there. We'll get to pastor. But I, I wanted to establish that one, that the elders are overseers, overseers are elders. In fact, before we go on to pastor, let's look at elders real quick. So, overseer has this idea of oversight, of managing, of, 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 and that sort of idea. Um, now, let's look at elders. Elders, okay, we've talked about words have different meanings, Right? Words can have a variety of meanings. Cell, right? Cell is my favorite, you know, cell phone, prison cell, biological cell. One word depends on the context. One of my professors recently said, words have friends, right? If I say cell, you don't know. But if I say cell phone, phone determines what cell means. If I say prison cell, prison determines what cell means. If I say biological cell, biological determines what cell means. Depending on the friends of the word, context, right? That, that what determines the word. So when you look at elder, words have friends. It depends on the context. If you are talking about, um, in certain contexts, uh, I wrote this down, um, Acts 2. Acts 2, it talks about young men, old men. Well, you're talking then in terms of what? What is the context of elder there, which is old men? Right, young men, old men, male, female, bond servant, free, is talking about what? Age. There are times when elders, that word elder, presbyteros, uh, um, um, means age. But in the context, so we're saying in the context of, um, in the context of maybe family, we can say, family context, it means age. In the context of leadership, both in the Old and the New Testament, it does not mean age. It is not an age aspect, huh? It means, it can mean maturity. It really is this aspect of, it's an office. That's, that's what it's used throughout Jewish literature, right? Throughout Old Testament literature, throughout the intertestamental literature, within the Second Temple period, the first century Jewish literature, it is used always of an office. Uh, look throughout the Old Testament. The, the elders was an office of leadership within Israel. Within first century uh, Jewish leaders, the, 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 if you were a member of the synagogue, whether young or old, you were called a elder, right? If you, were, if you were part of a leadership body within Israel, again, young or old, the rich young ruler would have been considered 
an elder, right? An elder of Israel. It's an office in, in, in Jewish thinking. And then we see that in the Christian church came to use then the same Jewish term that Jews would use for their leadership office for now the Christian leadership office. Saying the same way the Jews use that term in the Old Testament and intertestamental Second Temple, Second Temple literature is the same term that's being used now in the Christian church. Which is, you know, and, and it, it, all the way throughout there, elders, which actually, I, I didn't know this and I was, in my research I was looking at this weekend, um, the term priest in the Catholic Church comes from the Latin translation of this word. So when you look at priest, priest means elder from the Latin translation. It's, it's, it's referring to this sort of idea. So it's, it's really, this is, this is the term that's been adapted for within the Christian church. So when we're looking at what does it mean within these, within these passages that deal with church leadership? It's talking about an office. It's about an office of leadership. That, 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 is, the, that is where it's used. That is the Jewish understand, the Jewish use, um, uh, and, and the Christian use as well. And so um, let's look at a couple of passages that talk about these elders. Uh, Acts 14.23 Acts 14.23. All right. Acts 14.23 uh, talks about um, Paul and, and, and concluding his missionary journey. And it says, uh, as he's going back through the churches that they had planted, and 23 says, and when they, as Paul and Barnabas, had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, and they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So, Paul and Barnabas go back and they appoint elders in every church, very similar to 1 Timothy 5. Now, there's some implications here. And the first implication I usually point out is, were these churches churches before they had elders? Were they a true church? Yes. Do you need to have elders or even a pastor to be a true church? No. Biblically. Yeah, biblically. You, there is no requirement biblically, to be a gospel church, to have a pastor or elder. Now, according to 1 Timothy 1, you're a disordered church. You're not quite ordered as God would desire to be for the building up of the body. But you're still a church, right? And so there's there's some interesting things there of, so that helps us understand too, there's some differences between churches, Right, churches have one, you know, one elder pastor, one have you know deacon led. That's, that's, that's you know plurality of elders. The, the, the difference is there is not a difference between a, a true church and a false church. We would say it's a difference between a ordered church according to, to scripture and, and one we would believe is disordered, but still a true church, right? And so that's just a, a helpful thing. And even the fact that that let you know let's say that a church lost all their elders or lost their pastors, they're still a church. Right, that that that, that um, the church is not about the leadership. The church is about the every member minister, which makes it important. Does that church still have the authority to represent the who and the what of the gospel? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. right. It's not it's not purely located in the leadership office. So we, there's some hints here. We understand. We put this together. Um, also, how many elders? It doesn't say. It doesn't, but it does is a plural. Yeah. Plural elders in every church. There's some grammatical differences. Ben Merkel, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, at Southeastern Seminary has done some good work on that and really saying that the, the best, most clear way to understand the grammar of that is plural elders in every church. And so that, that, that there's, um, again, not, 
it's not that you're not a true church if you don't have that, but that is the ordered way that's done. And we see that again in, in, in Titus chapter one. Um, we won't turn back to Acts 20, but we saw elders again. Now we saw a more developed church in the church of Ephesus. Paul sends for their elders. And do you guys remember what was the responsibility of those elders? Oh, I, I erased it. I can't point anymore. <laughs> to, to provide oversight, right? To manage, to rule, right? But to rule in a certain way, which we're going to see, and actually it parallels, turn to 1 Peter 5. That's the other passage. You want to deal with church leadership uh, issues in scripture? 1 Peter 5 is another very key, important passage. So let's, let's look there real quick because those are the ones we're going to be jumping back and forth on a lot. 1 Peter 5. And I'm going to read, uh, I'll read the whole thing just because we're going to be referring to this a lot. Uh, Peter writes, So I exhort the elders, that's that word elders, right, among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ. So Peter's not referring to himself as an apostle here, but really in this aspect of as an elder, um, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. So what are they to do? Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising what? Oversight. See, similar thing as Acts 20, right? That elders, what, what, what is, elders is an office of leadership and what does this office of leadership do? They exercise oversight. Now we're going to get back into that because there's some grammatical things there. Not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. And then he goes on in, in description of that. But, but look at that exercising oversight. Um, so we do see that there is, um, that there is this, this, again, this connection between elders and overseers. Overseers are elders. Elders are overseers. But notice that the, the um, exercising, exercising oversight, if I remember correctly, is one Greek word. Um, uh, ing. I know, grammar. Judy's happy. Everyone else is not. Um, <laughs> when you see in Scripture... What part of speech is that? Walking, singing, exercising. It is an action, but it's a type of verb action. It's called a participle, right? This cannot stand by itself. If I just say exercising, Kathy exercising, that makes no sense. Kathy is exercising while, um, while, while, you know, while waiting. Kathy was exercising after she fed the horses. It has to have another verb to complete it, right? Participles support a different verb. If you want, you're really crazy, right? You have diagramming. Oh, diagramming. How long has it been for some of you guys, right? And so you got, uh, right? You have the, the noun and verb and the participle comes off the verb. The participle supports and tells you about the verb. What's the verb? Exercising is not the main verb of what the, the elders are doing in 1 Peter 5. Exercising tells you how, or exercising oversight, I should say. So this idea of oversight is not the main verb. This oversight is telling you how they're doing something else. What is the main verb there? Bingo. You can't, if, you, if you detach this, from that, you don't understand what Peter's saying. Exercising oversight tells you how they shepherd. And, and that, that helps us understand, right? So shepherding is the role yes. there. Yes. Yes. Now, Acts 20, it does say that, that the God, Holy Spirit made you overseers. But the, the verb form, you're saying that this is 
intimately connected to shepherding. So you would say, so some churches, when they look for elders, they would say, we need the best managers. We need the best overseers. We need people who, who know how to run companies and we, that know how to manage people and know how to um, that maybe have experience in the workplace or just are good administrators, managers. That's not what, that's not, that's not what the Bible's saying. This is talking about how, this is the, this is the oversight which ex- supports how they shepherd. Part of being a good shepherd is to exercise oversight. But the gathering of the elders is not a gathering of managers. It's a gathering of shepherds. You guys see, what, you see, see the point? The emphasis is, is people who are shepherds. And to be a good shepherd, you're going to have to bring some oversight. right? You're going to have to, to, to make some of those decisions as you shepherd the sheep as a whole. But the emphasis is not on the oversight. The emphasis is on the shepherding. Is it, is it, is it that, 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 you see how we're tying these together? So it's not just simple saying, oh, they're all similar terms. Of the, they're all similar terms for the same office. They are similar terms for the same terms for the same office. But they actually, as we look at the passages, that helps us to see how do those interconnect and how should we think about elders and pastors and, 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 and overseers, right? Um, so let's talk about this word pastors. Everyone's wanting to go there. Pastors is the minor note in the New Testament. It is very rare. Very rare. Only used one time as a noun. Elders, overseers, dominant note. Pastors, minor note. So, so, so that, that the, 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 but the focus in our churches today, right, is pastors are important. Pastors are the major note. Yeah. Other, but not in the New Testament. Now it's all the same office. But, but you see how it affects how we kind of think, should kind of think about the church here, right? Um, and, and it's not wrong to talk about pastors. It's not wrong to focus on pastors. It's not wrong for what Greg said in looking at 1 Timothy 3 to say this talks about pastors. It does. But it's so much more than pastors. The, the New Testament is talking about so much more than just pastors here. Um, as I said, pastor is only used once, the noun pastor. The noun pastor is only used once in the entire New Testament and that's Ephesians 4.11. Um, we're doing okay. Let's turn, let's turn there. We got time, right? Ah, yeah, I know. You're jump, you, Judy just knows what I'm going to say before she gets... I didn't even put all the detailed notes in here. She just knows where I'm going. Um, no, no, she's well taught. And, and most of you guys know that as you, as we've, as you guys have, have studied these, these passages. But this is the only time the noun pastor appears in the New Testament. Um, Ephesians 4.11, uh, which I got to turn, there we go. And he gave, so let me back up. So this is, this is, there's debate whether this is a list of official titles or personalized giftings. If you've been in my Sunday school class enough, you know that I think it's a list of personalized giftings. I think that, that this is so similar to other passages, but Paul's emphasizing that not just the ability is a gift of God, but the people are a gift of God is what's being described here. Um, but as you look here in, in, in verse 11, it says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers, or really the, the, the best translation is that the shepherd teachers. That word shepherd is pastor. That's the noun for pastor is shepherd. And so, um, so it tells you a couple things, this passage, about this idea of a pastor. First, it's a gifting. It's not just, if you're trained enough, if you went to seminary, if you just want to be, then you can be a pastor. According to Paul, it's a gifting. Now, again, remember, we're going to, well, not remember, but we're going to see, this is, this, 
This here is a pastor also means elder. Being an elder is a gifting. It's a gift to the church. It means overseer as well. Here's the second thing. Because, again, it's, it's, it's not just pastors and teachers as two different offices, but really it's, it's, it's connected uh, in that list by that, that conjunction and um, is this, they're, they're pastor teachers. So what is, how does a pastor shepherd? People have asked, oh, here's what I think a shepherd is, and here's what I think a shepherd is. Well, what does Paul think a shepherd is? What does Paul think a pastor is? Paul, for Paul, a shepherd or a pastor is one who can teach, which is interesting because you start looking at this description of a pastor, elder, overseer is one who can teach. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, you know, you wonder, I don't know. Because you look at Reformation, right? Reformation really took the office of priest and, and, and really kind of supplanted it with the office of pastor. So I'm wondering if it's something at Reformational times. I don't know. Um, but I, it's just speculation. Church history, I just, is not my, my forte, so I don't know. But it, it is interesting, right? How yeah, there's become this. I mean, that's a good point in time in history because there was such a divide between everything was called the priest. Uh-huh. You know, the Catholic Church was the priest. Yep. So yep. maybe there, they, that, that, that's initially yeah. thought that yeah. it could have been around that time. Yes. Yeah. So and you look, at, you look at the Reformational leaders, and, and even though they emphasized the, 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 um, the priesthood of all believers, there was still, it was still very uh, leadership-driven, right? Luther, Calvin, Bullinger, very leadership-driven, very much on emphasis on leadership and developing leadership, which are all good things, but it was, it was so driven there. But then at the same time, you look at it, it I mean, you wonder how much like, Calvin's Geneva and the separation between teaching elders and ruling elders and some of the initial, um, mis- some, I'd say, biblical errors that would crept in there where they would have the difference between, well, here's the teaching elders and here's the ruling elders, and they start to separate those offices when it's the same office. You wonder if some, maybe it's some of that. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing that if you start to, if, I'm guessing if we started to really look through that reformational period, it's probably when we start to see the roots of it, but I, I don't know. So, yeah. But it's interesting that it's, here, mm-hmm. too. In what way? Well, well that, that even just that word yeah. mentioned, even though it's one time, but it's interesting that it is. Yes, yeah, so, so the, the, it is a title, yeah. right? But I would say, what my point was that in the church today, the, 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 the dominant title, the dominant focus is who is the pastor. Right. But for the New Testament, the question is who are the elders? Right. So, That's what I'm saying. And it, because of that, yeah. it's interesting that even it's mentioned one time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where... Uh, well, that, no, I'm just saying that it, it's interesting that, el, you know, elder and, it, you know, overseer is the dominant word. Yeah. And it's interesting that it is just even just mentioned the pastor. Yes. How we have taken that. Yes. Yes. Huge, yep. But it's interesting that it was just mentioned. It is there. But it, it may be a different, a different emphasis, right? There's yeah, a different yeah, focus. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's, yeah. That's, it's not that it's not there. It's not that it's unbiblical. Right. I'm just saying that sometimes our thinking is not, maybe not the way, same way that Paul was thinking. Exactly. That's yeah. I think, too, as humans, it's easy to, like, put everything on the pastor. Mm. And, you know, so that's an easy mm-hmm. way to just yeah. go into that maybe. Yeah. And I say more than humans, probably. I think it's just tradition. Yeah, tradition. And, and culture of how yes. the, the church culture that most of us have experienced. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, and that's why I'm saying I think this is so helpful when you really dive into this to say, let's think about these as Paul was thinking about these, right? Um, so now, besides, oh yeah, Judy. When you mentioned <clears throat> am, yes. so pastor and teacher are connected I would I would say less of um, connected equally. I would say that they are they are interdependent on one another. That okay. that you can't really separate those ideas for Paul. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Uh huh. we roll back a thousand years, yeah, the Reformation, yeah, we end up with the first popes. Sorry, guys, it wasn't Peter. Yeah, yeah. At that point, it became a very Hidebound, mm-hmm. leadership oriented. Yep. There were the leaders and then the rest of us people that showed up in mass. Yep. And that was it. Yeah. I, yeah, er, and I'd say even earlier than that, early church, you start to see some real uh, ecclesial, yeah, some real ecclesial things. So I, it's, it's hard to say it's, 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 as you tra- trace back, but yeah, you're right. Um, now, now besides that noun, there are two times that it's used as a verb, this shepherding, this pastoring. Um, we saw one in Acts 20. We won't turn back there, right? That the elders are God-made overseers. And as Judy pointed out, which is why we don't have to turn back, so thank you, Judy. Um, their job as overseers was to verb care for, to shepherd. So again, you see this connection between oversight and pastoring. How were they to be overseers? By the verb of shepherding or pastoring. Overseers. What makes overseers and overseers? They're good pastors. They're good shepherds. What makes an elder a good elder in exercising oversight? By shepherding, by pastoring. You guys see that, that connection there. Um, same thing we just saw in First Peter 5 as well. It's that though they exercising oversight in their shepherding, in their pastoring. So what I've been showing you here is elders are overseers who are pastors. Overseers are pastors who are elders. Pastors are elders who are overseers and so on and so on. You get, you get what I'm saying? That they're the same term. So when you see the term elder, it, it, it's, it's really, it's not just trying to divide that. Which, well, is that, is that Pastor Bob or is that Dave Colaccio? It's both. And, and in fact, those terms should help us understand that what you're looking for character-wise, what you're looking for, you know, just, 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 just role-wise, you're looking for it of all of that, 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 that one singular office of church leadership. So let's think through some implications here of this. There is no biblical differentiation between the offices of elders, pastors, overseers. So we're used to calling, and I'm not saying this is wrong, as long as we're not thinking about it in a certain way, right? We're used to calling Dave, Dave Colaccio, Ken Prather, Elias Fairfield, when Jim Foster's on the board, Don Collins on the board, we're used to calling them elders, and we're used to calling me and, and Bob and Steve pastors. That's not wrong. I'm not saying don't do that. And I know certain people that that is how you're grown up. And, and, and it's just to break that is like, I just, don't, I just can't not do that. That's okay. But biblically, in your mind, we need to be thinking it's all the same. It's all the same role. It's all the same character. You know, we're looking for the same thing. We're not looking for one sort of thing for an elder and one sort of thing for a pastor. It's the same office. It's the same, same idea here. I know one church um, that it was, it was a, a new church. They can kind of start things fresh. It's always easier if you kind of plant a church to kind of 
form your own culture, right? Um, and so they said, we're going to call all of our elders pastor. So they get the, people get the idea that there, there isn't this division of, well, we're the real leaders, and yeah, they can come to meetings every month. Right? No, that, that, that there's this equality among, among the, the, the elder board. And, and I said, that's such a great idea. But if you're in a church like ours, that just creates chaos, right? And, and, and if you don't understand that, you don't understand why we're doing, and, and people who just, eh, I understand why they did that biblically, but, it, it, you know, but I also understand not doing that because of, uh, of reasons of vocabulary, of what we're, what, as long as in your mind you're not thinking. When I say someone's pastor, it means that they're more important than the other elders. But when you say our vocabulary tends to mean pastor is called to vocational ministry of some sort, whether it's bivocational or full vocational, that's not wrong. That's, how, that's because vocabulary changes, right? Vocabulary changes over time. That's okay. As long as when we think about the people, we're thinking about them in biblical terms of this, that it's, it's all the same office. Does that, does that, that make sense? Yeah. yeah no. Well, biblically, it'll all be the same. But the question is how many elders you have, right? Is, is, is so, um, yeah, and, and that, that, that'd be my, that'd be my, my, my question there. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of issues we're going to look in there in the sense of there's a differentiation. Well, there's certain, it's difficult because then you start looking at different branches. If you look at the more the Baptistic model, right, of a pastor-led church, it means that you're only having um, vocational ministers as, as elders, um, I, I think, again, I think it's not ordered according to what we see in the New Testament. I think that there are certain ones that we're going to look at 1 Timothy 5.17. I think it's 1 Timothy 5. No, first, yeah, 1 Timothy 5.17, that there are, there are certain ones among the elders that have a particular gift in preaching and teaching. And so those, you could even say, are, are compensated and freed up for their ministry. So I think you see this model that some are, some aren't. But they're all called to teach, but some are just have that ability and gifting and are freed up in a greater way. And so um, I think that it's not ordered according to scripture. Then you also have the Presbyterian model, which I want to put a pin in. We'll look at that in just a minute. And I think there's issues there as well. Um, Bob, did you have something? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, so... So when we, when we look at, and we're, as we're going to look over the next week, as we look in the next couple weeks, as qualifications, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, it is for pastors. Greg was right. He was not teaching error, but it's so much more than that, right? This is not just about pastors. It's about every elder, every person who's going to exercise leadership as an elder, overseer, pastor of the church, um, which is... Which is my issue with the Presbyterians. The Presbyterians would say there are teaching elders and ruling elders. They get the idea that there are some that are you know, more in vocational ministry and there are some that are, um, that are, that are you know, more lay ministers. And they would say that you know, those are vocational ministry. They're the teaching elders and the ruling elders can just kind of do, they do the pastor, they do the pastor shepherd teaching, they do the oversight. Not what we see. It's, 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 it's an overlap of that. And there's some that, yes, they will do more teaching and preaching because of gifting and because of freed up for that. We're going to see just, we'll see in just a second. But that idea of being a good shepherd, that idea of being able to teach applies across the board to, to all elders. There's no division between teaching and ruling elders. And so. I think, though, congregations give more credence to the teaching. Yes. I would say that there is a natural, um, there's a natural, um, what's the word? 
credence, I guess. I'm, I'm looking for a different word. There's a natural uh, association of authority with the teaching, with, the, with, with who had the pulpit. Yeah. Well, you could say who had the title of pastor, if you want to use different titles, and definitely who has the pulpit, which I would say is incumbent on um, those who are pastors, and especially if you're the main teaching pastor, to in other items, you have to fight against that. I mean, you're going to have to, right? I, I heard one person, one pastor who said, well, I understand there's, you know, he's a single pastor guy, and he's like, I understand that there's, you know, churches with elders, but if you go to John MacArthur's church, you know, it's all what John wants anyways. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. And, 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 and because, no, I, and, and, and no, and knowing guys, I don't think that's true. But you know what it is, is he's had to empower guys. There are some other guys he has empowered. If it was just what John wanted, he would not have some of the guys in that room that are in that room. And that is, that is empowering guys. That is selecting guys who differ from you. Um, and, and I think that, 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 are, that, that have the qualifications that are, yes, that are good shepherds. Because we're not going to see things the same way, but it is incumbent on that. And, and I think that that is um, that the models I see of that done well, that I try to emulate, is, that, is, 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 is in that way. And so, but yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's something you're fighting against in natural human nature in that way. And you have to teach to the whole congregation as well. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And at least in the Presbyterian world. Yes. There's a key word they use a lot. Yeah. Ordination. Yep. Mm hmm. You are not ordained. You are merely a ruling elder. Yep, that's true. You have to be ordained to be a teaching elder. Yes. And I remember yep. sitting down with a friend of mine who was about to go through ordination. Yep. As a Presbyterian, he'd been in a, in, in a free church. Yep. And I said, so Drew, tell me, tell me where in the New Testament is the word ordination? Yep. He just started laughing. <laughs> he goes, you got it. Yep. It's not there. Yep. And, and I don't think ordination's wrong. But if you're going to use ordination to divide the way you see leadership, I think that's a problem. That's an error. That's a disorderedness. If you want to ordain pastors, and I don't think that's wrong, right? But if you're going to use that as a divide of, 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 of uh, you know, well, here's the higher level of elders and here's the lower level of elders, I think that's an error. And that's a way that's a disorderedness. We yeah. sometimes see it in our world. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I am in seminary. Mm -hmm. I am better than you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Now, there's a place for seminaries. There's a place that's important for training and teaching, but no, by, by no means, no. There's, there's not a, a differentiation between... There's, again, the point is there's not a differentiation between elder, pastor, overseer. It's the same office with the same responsibilities with the same requirements. Now, turn to First Timothy, back to First Timothy 5.17 as we're going to wrap a few things up. We'll, we'll, we'll get to character... Qualifications next week. I, I should have known, um, but it's good. I, I, since I'm having, you guys can be praying for me. I'm having surgery on Thursday, so it'll be uh, it'll be nice to have this already prepped for next week as we're as we're diving into this. Um, are there is there is there a role? So some people would say that means that every elder should be exactly the same. There shouldn't be. I've heard that argument. There shouldn't be, you know, those who are 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 really freed up for vocational ministry. Well, I'd say that's also against description. Because the same description in 1 Timothy that talks about these elders and overseers as a, a, a equal unified office, 1 Timothy 5.17, look at that. Uh, Let elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially. So here's this. There's, there's those who are, you know, all are they're ruling, especially those who rule well. There's honor. And then there's these, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. 
Well, what, what, what does it say then? For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Why, why is it talking about this, this, this wages, uh, right? It's, well, it's talking about that the, these, these are especially gifted in preaching and teaching. And, and, and so this idea of some elders are going to give more time to preaching and teaching. In order to give more time, these laborers may earn their living from preaching and teaching, right? So that's the modern use of the word pastor. It's not the biblical use, but it's a modern use. But if we think about that, we should think of what is the difference between me and Dave Colaccio? According to office, nothing. According to authority, there's no difference. According to qualifications, there's no difference. According to, to function, is that because of the church recognizing, gifting, and being able to preach and teach, it has freed me up to be able to spend more time and to be able to, to devote myself to be able to do that. That's the idea there. Not because there's a, I'm, I'm the first class elder and he's the second class elder. It's, it's the same office and the same equality, but, but uh, freed up for that, that ability for, for, for teaching and preaching. And so here's the implication. No matter what vocabulary, I don't care about vocabulary. Vocabulary is not what matters, but it's the idea. We, want, we, want, we need to resist the idea of separating eldership and pastoring and oversight. It is all the same office. Right, and and and, um, and so we're gonna we need to see that, and then we're gonna also see that that they are connected. We can't say, well, we're just looking for good overseers. Well, their overseers are connected into how you shepherd, which is part of what it means to be a leader, which is the word elder. Right, those are connected, which is what we're gonna see um, in, in the character qualifications and the role is that what you're looking for are people who who are good shepherds because of how they set the, the right example of the Christian life. Um, and then they're able to shepherd. Well, how are they going to shepherd? We've, we've seen hinting today is through teaching. The authority of this office comes through their ability to teach and, and preach the word. Their ability to say, this is not what I'm saying. I, I don't have authority naturally because I have the office, so everyone has to do what I say. It's My authority comes from, well, we're going to do what God says, and here's what God says. And so that, that's where we're headed there. Any last questions before we pray and, and break for, for service? No, no. All right, let me pray. Father, we just thank you. And we thank you, Lord, for your word and thank you for how it, Lord, it renews our mind, Lord, that we may test and approve, Lord, what, what your will is for our lives, for our thinking, for how we relate to church, how we think about the church and how we, how we, 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 we use our authority as, as, as members and, and, and as a congregation within this church, Lord, to seek to, to do things according to your word. Help us, Lord, to, 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 to be humbled by your word, not to let this knowledge puff us up, Lord, but to, to allow us to, to love your people and, and to love the, those you've given in this church in, in a greater way for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.